we tell you this offseason's most overrated and underrated stories and why they matter. That's coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to this WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. I am J-Yar- James Yarko at Yarko underscore Bucks. And of course, he is Evan Klosky at E. Klosky WTSP. You can find my stuff over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. And of course, you can find Evan on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10TampaBay.com. We are here with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, along with our everydayers. And as, of course, we get into July, we're back to five days a week. But for the meantime, we want to thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or view every single day. Antonio Brown is apparently still a thing. So we're going to talk about that coming up in a little bit. But first, Evan, um, there are a lot of things being said. It's the offseason. It's kind of the dead period. Um, a lot of projections I talked about on, on last Friday's episode. Mike Clay of ESPN has done his full 2023 projections for every single team. But there's a lot of storylines that kind of get beat into the ground. And there are some storylines that don't get the attention they probably should. So we're going to talk about the most overrated and underrated storylines so far. And we're going to start with the overrated and uh, what what do you view as the most overrated storylines for the Buccaneers this offseason? Uh, this is not necessarily in uh, in order of most and least importance, but uh, sure. but on my list here is that the Bucks are a bad rushing football team. I know the stats we saw last year; people are hammering that. Um, I, I think people are not properly equating Dave Canales. I think people are not properly equating how rudimentary Byron Leftwich's system was and how it is predicated on star power to make it happen. I don't think people are properly uh, evaluating the return of Ryan Jensen into the mix, hopefully fully healthy, we think, um, along with, you know, Tristan moving to the left side, and then you have uh, Gedeke, who I think I'm a fan of now that he's at his more natural position, uh, Cody Malk. Uh, you just invested another uh, day one, day two pick in an offensive lineman. So I just have a hard time believing the Buccaneers are going to be spinning their wheels again not finding much success running the football. Whenever you hear people trash the team for that, that is a reflection on 2022. I do not believe that will be the prognostication into 2023. 
Yeah, I, I certainly can see that. I was I was actually just on another show talking about reasons the Bucks could win the NFC South and reasons that they won't. And, and one of the reasons that I gave for both was the offensive line and the ability to stay healthy. Like the offensive line could end up being fantastic and being just fine, especially in Dave Canales' system. But there's that lingering doubt of is Luke Gedeke going to be able to make the transition over to right tackle and and play as well as he did the you know being one of the reasons that he got drafted how is Cody Mouth going to adapt how is Tristan's move to the left side going to be can Ryan Jensen stay healthy all those things start to to play into it but of course you're not going to be able to run the ball without an offensive line and we don't know how this offensive line is going to gel so i can i can certainly see how it's to me it's it's the fact that the bucks aren't getting any benefit of the doubt or or any kind of uh, I can't even think of the, the word that I'm trying to use there. There's nobody saying, look, this was a, a bad run team last year, but they could be good this year based on the offense, based on the changes along the offensive line, based on the new offense coordinator. It's just all been flat out. No, this team's going to be just crap at, at running the football. Yeah, I um, just think uh, people are a little too down on what they'll be able to do in this new system. And so I just think that it's an overrated angle and a lazy one to say that this team cannot run so the offense is going to stink. I think they're going to run more efficiently this year. All right, what's your next overrated uh, storyline for the for the season? Now, having said all that, um, <laughs> in general, Rashad White, um, I love Rashad White, so please let me let me explain myself. Rashad White, I don't think there's been a player who has marketed himself more in this offseason than Rashad White. He is on every show. He has, has been on Bucks content. He's been in every community event. It's all fantastic. But he has certainly raised his profile significantly from last year having Leonard Fournette in front of him to now being the the tailback in town, the the lone the lone tailback in town, we'll say. I'm not sure what we can expect from Rashad White. I mean, is he really a pure bell cow? Because let's talk about the running back situation. You have Sneak, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, behind him, who I think for another year, we're going to hear something along the lines of, yeah, we trust Zeke. Yeah, we trust Sneak. Sneak's, sneak's good. Sneak's good. Uh, you know, like we we always get all this love for Keyshawn Vaughn, and then he never plays right. during the season. So let's not fall into that trap. They got Chase Edmonds. I mean, he's on the 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 certainly the, the last few holes of his career. Like – they definitely could use another back. Mm-hmm. And I I just think while I believe the rushing game is going to be better and while I think Rashad White is going to be excellent, I just I think it's overrated to feel like Rashad White is hands down locked in for a huge year. We just don't know. It could happen. I'm not saying it can't. I just think we've run a little bit too far on the train of like Rashad White. And we need to take a step back and say, what are reasonable expectations? 
what what can we expect from a second year guy who uh, had certainly showed flashes of greatness last year, but also fumbled the ball a little bit, didn't have significant uh, carries, was sharing the load. It's going to look different this year unless I get surprised and and Zeke accepts a small deal and we see Ezekiel Elliott in town or, or some other notable big name. I just um, the the love for Rashad White, while I understand it, I think has gotten to the point of a bit overrated. All right, uh, I, I'm going to refrain from response because I'm willing to bet that uh, by about noon on Wednesday, I'm going to get a text from David saying I have to respond to what Evan just said. <laughs> so I, I will I will refrain. But what's uh, what's your final most overrated storyline? Um, my final one. And by the way, these are overrated storylines entering training camp. Um, the Bucks stink. <laughs> it's pretty much like, I mean, how many times can we hammer this? And right. when you look at the starters on this team, I have a really tough time believing that they are not good enough to compete for the divisional title. Now, we'll, we'll get into another point I have in the underrated pile. But let's just assume everyone is healthy game one of the year, you cannot tell me the team that they're going to put out on the field is not a good team. It's it, it's a good team. Like a lot of Super Bowl winners, super talented players who are, who are highly coveted or will be highly coveted in free agency. Mm-hmm. I just am not buying the fact that they're this trash team that is going to tank for Caleb Williams, though – that might be the most opportunistic thing to do halfway through the year. We'll reassess. But going in week one, I think that they can compete in a really bad division. Yeah, I, I'm certainly with you 100% on that one. And and again, it goes back to kind of what you said about the run game. It's It's a lazy narrative that everyone – who doesn't focus on this team and doesn't study them the way local media does just wants to discount the entire roster because Tom Brady left. Well, most of the guys that were on the team that caused Brady to arrive are still here. So we know that the team still has talent. It's just lazy and um, very disrespectful to, to the 52 players on the roster that weren't named Tom Brady. So we we've Evan has told you about the things that are overrated, but what isn't being talked about enough that is coming up next here on locked on bucks, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. The Reds actually lost a series over the weekend, uh, but they're still one of the best teams in baseball right now. So keep hammering Cincinnati money line all the way through July because guess what? They get to face the Brewers nine times. Uh, 
yeah, I'm going to go ahead and guess they go eight and one in those nine. Sure, years. sure. One and eight coming. Hey, hey, the streak was broken. Thank you very much. Anyway, don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you again for making Locked On a Bucks your first listener view every single day. Make sure that you are coming back on Friday. I think David and I are recording together, but I'm not 100% sure. I know last week I said David and I would be back. There were some scheduling conflicts. He had to cover the NBA draft, and I think this weekend he might be traveling, so it might just be me all by my lonesome again. But you'll have to tune in Friday to find out for sure. So you talked about the run game. You talked about Rashad White. You talked about the Buccaneers stinking all as overrated storylines leading up to training camp. What aren't people talking about enough? What are what is your first underrated storyline for the Buccaneers? Outside of offensive line, this team lacks depth big time. The too deep is uh, it's going to be thin on the back end. So. Uh, where, again, talking about the overrated angle, the team stinks. Not true. But if injuries happen, I certainly can understand where the season goes south because think about all these positions in your head at home. You're listening. Uh, Running back, quarterback, wide receiver, uh, linebacker, uh, edge, corner safeties like think about the people who are back and i didn't even mention the defensive line which i think is better supported now but still they get thin when someone goes down someone's got to play more snaps think about all the people who are playing backups it's uh it's a bit concerning a lot a lot of question marks outside of offensive line as i mentioned again actually very well stocked so Think uh, I think the narrative has not been properly played. Uh, on one hand, they don't stink. On the other hand, we should be talking about what happens when injuries start happening and who are going to be the people stepping up. Because in training camp, more than any camp that I've covered in a while, we really need to dig into who are going to be the backups because those positions are highly coveted and we're going to see them. We are going to see them throughout the season because it is hard to believe that everyone's going to make it through completely healthy. Yeah. And I'm sure there are plenty of teams in the NFL that you can point to position groups where they don't have a lot of depth. And if somebody goes down, they are going to struggle a lot. You know, I'm sure the bucks aren't an outlier in that category, but it seems like, and I, I think this is kind of the point you're trying to drive home is that the majority of the position groups, you know, one injury could be catastrophic to the entire group. Like if Carlton Davis goes down, it could be pretty devastating for the entire secondary. If, if Rashad white goes down, they may be uh, one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL and, and on other teams, you know, maybe they have, two or three position groups where that's true, not quite 
as many as the Buccaneers. So it's a process. You know, we all know that it's a process to build that back up. And, and a lot of that's going to be supplemented when they actually have some money to spend. Um, otherwise, it, it'll have to be through the draft. And we said numerous times, you've said it, I've said it, David said it. This is going to be a multi-year process to be able to get back uh, to where they're actual Super Bowl contenders. But what is your next underrated storyline? The team is fast. And that is a pretty underrated storyline considering how old and slow they were last season. Especially I want to talk about the speed D. Uh, that's a, a saying that I kind of taken from Alex Grinch back in the day when he was at Washington State. What they were able to do with Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby and you know, they got Joe Tronchenka still there. And hopefully Shaq is back to what we think he could be. Um, you know, shedding guys like Nacho and, and Will Golston. The speed element, along with Devin White, who we think is going to play this year, right? The speed element of this defense is going to shine and make Todd Bowles multiple, create tremendous pressure, which he loves to do. I think it will certainly help out the back end when he can do that. I think their rushing defense will improve because of it, something that normally they're a top five rushing defense. Last year they took a big step back in that category because they just started moving side to side on the Bucks, and they didn't you know, have really the bodies to keep up with them laterally. So underrated, we're not talking enough about how they've upgraded with their speed, most notably on the defensive line. And that right. is, in return, going to make them uh, a scary defense to play. Yeah, I, I can certainly get behind that. And, you know, a lot of times when when we talk about how fast a team is, people immediately just go straight to the offensive skill position players. They think wide receiver speed. They think running back speed. And not enough gets said about the speed that you have on defense, the speed from your edge, the speed from your linebackers, the speed of your secondary especially when it comes to closing speed or being able to generate pressure on a quarterback quickly after the snap. So I think that's a, a, a really solid point that, you know, to be fair and honest, we haven't talked about it enough on this show, let alone, you know, seeing other people talk about it. But Evan, what is your final underrated storyline heading into training? Game? I have a tie for two here. One, uh, Mike Evans, because he's always underrated, right? Like, come on yeah. now. Come on now. I will accept that. Uh, come on now. Um, so, yeah, I have to put that out there. But two, um, Tristan Wirfs moving the left tackle. I think it's a bit underrated that people are making it seem like this will be a seamless transition for him. Now, he is an elite offensive lineman, an elite tackle. Is it fair to wonder if he's going to go from the best at his position, which – Arguably, he was at right tackle. I, I, not many other right tackles in the National Football League were doing what Tristan Wirfs was doing, back-to-back All-Pro. I mean, the cream of the crop. Is it, is it hard to assume that maybe he could be top five, top seven left tackle with the move? I think that's reasonable to talk about. We don't know. It's right. just not going to be super easy. And when we hear him say that 
he worries about it every day, that he's not going to be the same guy moving from the right to the left. Of course, I think a part of that is him being self-deprecating, you know, humble and and grinding and work ethic and being his toughest critic. Yes, that that's all in there. But I don't want to make it a given that he's going to go over to the left tackle and become the greatest left tackle in the National Football League like he was the greatest right tackle in the National Football League, or at least arguably the greatest right tackle. So underrated, Tristan Wirfs is a load amazing. Uh, Tampa Bay is lucky to have him. Might not be the best at his position anymore, but that's not to say he's not good, right? That This goes back to, you know, the Rashad White thing. That's not to say that Rashad White isn't excellent. It's just the narratives that have been played out or have not played out have not either picked up enough steam or there's been too much steam. That's the whole point of this exercise that we're doing. Well, you heard it here. Evan Klosky on June 27th has guaranteed no. Wirfs is no. the first team all pro left tackle this season that's what he said you heard it i heard it we all heard it uh but no i i get it i absolutely get it that yeah and i've i've said if tristan is 80 percent on the left side what he was on the right side the bucks are going to have a top five left tackle in the nfl so he may not be the best but i think we can still expect above average left tackle play from tristan and I can say with 99.9% certainty that it will be an upgrade at that position over what Donovan Smith had brought to the team outside of 2020. Because I think 2020, Donovan had a spectacular season. Yeah. Um, but outside of that season, Tristan Wirfs, even if he's not 100% what he was at the right side, is going to be a big upgrade for Baker or Kyle Trask. But... Antonio Clown or Brown uh, is back in the news and still taking shots at the Buccaneers. That's coming up in just a moment here on Locked On Bucks. Wrap things up here on a WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And Antonio Brown is still whining and crying about his exit from the Buccaneers instead of, oh, I don't know, paying the salary of of the people and players that are were part of the arena football team that he owned that has been kicked out of the league now because he's not paying his bills. It's kind of Antonio Brown's MO, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about how he went on uh, Tyreek Hill's podcast and started blathering on and, and making himself out to be the victim. And it, it took a while to sift through. Um, a lot of the things that he threw out there, but just a quick rundown for anyone that didn't see or hear the clip. Antonio Brown said that, and I'm paraphrasing for most of this. The Buccaneers tried to get him to come into the facility during his suspension for the fake COVID vaccine card. He was taking shots at Alex Guerrero's method of trying to motivate him and instead of and instead caused a rift between the two said that Tom Brady called him a narcissist and that Brady wasn't supporting him anymore and instead was trying to control him, uh, that he told the staff, uh, the, the coaching staff, 
that he needed to rest for the remainder of the regular season so he'd be ready for the playoffs. And Bruce Arians said no one was resting because of the injuries of the wide receiver position. Uh, that was followed up by a call from Brady convincing Brown to play against the Jets and that he would get a lot of targets. Of course, Antonio Brown failed to mention on the show that he had a uh, bonus that he was trying to reach that those incentives were going to help him get. That, of course, didn't enter his mind. Um, he said that there was, quote unquote, bad energy that spilled into the game and, quote, Guerrero didn't want to work with me. I'm paying him. Brady doesn't want to throw me the ball. And you making me like I'm crazy. F all you blankety blankers. I'm out of here. End quote. So. Are we sure that Alex Guerrero got money from Antonio Brown? Uh, well, I mean, he probably didn't actually pay the money, but allegedly he was paying Alex Guerrero for this extra work and extra preparation and, uh, you know, working with somebody outside of the team facility. But then there was a rift because he liked working with the Bucks uh, employees more than he liked working with Guerrero. But my guess would be that um, he never actually paid him because Antonio Brown has a tendency to do such things. Yeah. Um, once again, I think Antonio Brown has layered his resume in consistent fashion of allegedly not paying people. Uh, he has consistently played the victim card. Mm -hmm. He has consistently thrown every single person who has ever worked with him under the bus. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether we go back to the Pittsburgh days uh, and throwing management under the bus there, the whole Robert Kraft comments after his short stint with the uh, the Patriots were done. The Raiders brought him in and he swiftly gave them the finger and pretty much forced his way out of town and said yada yada yada. Came to the Buccaneers. Uh, kudos to Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and everybody in, in tow who was able to get 2020 from him because it did help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a Super Bowl. He was a big part of that team. He was a big part of 2021. I mean, I, I, I forget the exact stat, but they were undefeated when Antonio Brown played. So yeah. in the, I, I'm pretty sure they were undefeated with Antonio Brown on the field, at least in 2021. I know that was true. I forget if that spilled over into into 2020 i forget what exactly his record was but it was it was incredible with antonio brown he was an incredible talent and then he proceeded to throw the bucks under the bus live act like a fool um and then proceed to throw um allegations towards the buccaneers organization towards bruce arians spoke Endless amounts of crap about Tom Brady, who had his back and gave him a second and a third chance. Um, just a complete disregard for anybody else. And then he proceeds to give back to the community of Albany and then allegedly fails to pay players and coaches, um, allegedly pulls money out of their accounts, there is just 
a consistent string of things with Antonio Brown. And, you know, whatever has happened that's up to courts to sift through and figure out and whatever class action suits are brought up, things will happen, so on and so forth. He's dealt with legal issues in the past um, and, and those have been figured out. But, you know, I think it's safe to say, at least when it comes to the Buccaneers situation, the allegations he made out of the gates against the Bucks, they went absolutely nowhere. So obviously they didn't really feel like they had strong standing to get his money back or to have a case. Um, and I, I truly believe, you know, the truth most likely lies in the fact that his ankle was effed up. I, I do believe that he had a terrible injury that happened in that Eagles Thursday night football game, I believe. And, you know, I, I think that Bruce Arians and, and company were probably over his stuff. I think there was a falling out between Brady and Alex Guerrero. And in the end, trust for him is the biggest currency in life. And once he lost Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero in that relationship, he just imploded it all. You know, that's my opinion on the matter. But whatever he's going to put out there, whatever he continues to put out there to try to stay relevant, to do all this stuff, I mean, just it's not even worth reporting anymore. It just, it, like, I don't even handle this stuff anymore because it's not like worth giving time to his voice isn't worth it because it so many times he's been contradicted and we found out as lies. And it's like, why even give it the airspace necessary? So, you know, um, it's, I mean, that's the world we live in. We're talking on a podcast right now. It's just, understand that a lot of players are doing podcasts right now because they want to control the narrative. They want to control their stories. And when Antonio Brown goes on podcasts with people who are going to give him the floor and chum it up with him, then it works in his favor. But anytime he's given any sort of tough nudge or questions, he is running out the door. So, it's tough to truly push and understand what the truth is because he continues to sell the victim card. And, you know, I think everybody at this point understands where Antonio Brown is, what, and, and, and what he will be. And I'm, I'm glad that we've all come to those realizations. He lost the benefit of the doubt of very, very long time ago. Um, I mean, and, and you go back to his uh, Raiders days when he, he told the owner, Mark Davis, hey, let me go and you don't have to worry about paying me the 30 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And then Antonio Brown tried to sue for the 30 million that he said, don't worry about. And, and it's just you have all of the off field issues, the the moving guys, the you know, the football league that he's, you know, going to be going through a, a court case with. And to me, it's just it's more of it's another example of 
a distorted reality. Yep. And and I say all this to also say that, like, yeah, again, Antonio Brown has said some stupid and awful things. He's done some stupid and awful things, uh, you know, especially taking shots at Tom Brady during his divorce and, and almost celebrating it on social media and all that. But at the same time, you also kind of have to wonder if if there are underlying medical issues that are contributing to the behaviors and the the stories and all of that is, you know, a lot of people like to joke about it, but you look back at the pre-perfect hit Antonio Brown and the post-perfect hit Antonio Brown. And if if there are some some issues there from all of the hits that he's taken, not just that one specifically, but you know, maybe it's just it's some sort of underlying issue somewhere. Maybe, uh, maybe, but at it the, could at very the well be. But he could also just be a jerk. Who he is and a jerk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, it just, you know, it would be nice if he sought help, and right. you know, we can't really. You know, a lot of football players, you know, unfortunately live live with CTE. It just it, we're we're not we're still trying to figure it out, right? The sport's still trying to figure it out too. So um, it's just, you know, uh, it, it would be. I think I think for us as humans, we would it's it's more easily digestible his actions if we associate it with that. Sure. Um, and it, it certainly would explain a lot. We just we just don't know. And um, it's it, it is sad. Um, but it but it is also frustrating because he has to also take a step for himself to get help. Um, and he continuously doubles and triples down on this stuff and moves about his business. So. You know, he's he is declined to to ever use that as an excuse. The one thing is that he takes culpability on his actions to blame others. Yeah, that he's cool taking culpability on. But yeah, it's 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 crappy because, as I mentioned, he is an elite talent. You know what they say? There's one side of the story. There's the other side of the story. Somewhere in the middle, there's the truth. I don't know if we're ever going to get the Buccaneer side of the story. Might be a few years down the line. Maybe Tom Brady writes a tell-all book, and he dives into this a little bit. Fingers crossed. Maybe we'll get him on the show to do a book tour. But for now, we are going to bid you all a fair adieu. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day, for making us part of your day, part of your routine. Of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at E Klosky WTSP. And of course, you can find David at D Harrison82. Check out everything that Evan is doing on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10TampaBay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.